If you're a guest with us today, then you may not know this, but we're in a sermon series called Our Story. And what I decided to do um, three weeks ago was begin a sermon series that helps us to, to tell our story. And this sermon series is a really neat way for those who are not members yet to, to come to these services as in lieu of our membership classes so that you can hear about our story, you can hear about our theology, and, and you can hear about the expectations of membership. So for the first two weeks, we talked about our story. Last Sunday, Dr. Bob shared about the unique, distinctive message of entire sanctification in our church, and that makes us who we are today. I'm going to continue in that. And the next two weeks after this, we're going to talk about the expectations of membership. And so it's not just for those who wish to join us in membership, but it's also for our current members because there's some things that we're going to be talking about that, that you might not know because our board and our staff met for some strategic planning uh, about two months ago. And we've come through with some ideas about how we're going to move forward. And I'm excited to share that with you next Sunday. Um, and so um, if, if you're a current member of our church, you don't want to miss any of this. If you're not a member yet, you can go back and watch the old messages and you can join in in our membership in this church. And if you just want to know more about who Mission Church is, what a great thing to do and be a part of these this sermon series that we have. So today, I get the privilege to continue telling and sharing our story. And today I'm going to talk about what makes us unique unique, and what we believe in the Church of the Nazarene. But I also recognize today that today is Independence Day, right? I see a lot of flags around and, and we celebrate this amazing day that we share here in America. And I would like to highlight the role that we have as Christians and the, the faith that, that we have here in our beautiful country. Now, here's another thing that I know because I wasn't born yesterday. I know that there's some tension that exists with faith and the, the, the and nationalism in, in, in the church. And I understand that there's tension. I'm not a contentious person, but you know what else I know about tension? I know that there's value in tension because tension makes us stronger, right? When you lift weights, you fight against that tension. It builds muscle. And, and, and I think we have a great message today that will help build the spiritual muscles of our church. So here's the rub. The tension, the rub, right? My poor attempt at humor. Here's the rub. In America, right, we are the, the, the land of the free and the home of the brave. That's what we associate ourselves with as Americans, right? And um, we gained our independence from, Britain, from, Brit- the, from the British and, uh, and faith had a great part in, in, in our move towards independence. And one of the reasons we fought for independence was for the opportunity that we get to worship freely. And after 200 years, that's what we're doing today. We worship freely. And so that battle to gain that independence, to do what we do, is still being lived out today and we celebrate that. And our independence, which is, which is a freeing word, right? Independence is a freeing word. But we have to be careful as Christians because we don't want to be so independent to the point 
where we rely on our own self-sufficiency to build the kingdom of God and to find our way to salvation. We never want to get to the place where all that we do, we feel like we're the reason why the kingdom of God is flourishing or we're the reason why we can find salvation. When, when, when we get to the place where our self-sufficiency supersedes our dependence on God, we've totally missed the mark. And so we live in this tension as Christians in America to live free. Amen, we do. And to live independently. But that independence is tempered with a great dependence that we need to lean in on our relationship with God. And, 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 and what the Bible says about that is so clear. That our self-sufficiency, if we live in that, it is, is dangerous to the point where when we think we can do it all by ourselves, we end up doing nothing at all. And I'll be honest with you, that's one of my tendencies. I feel like sometimes I get to the place where I can, I can do this on my own, right? Maybe you're like me sometimes. But I, I, we have to caution ourselves. Because in John fifteen five, the Bible says this. Jesus says, I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. And that's something we have to keep in mind. That apart from Jesus, we won't be able to accomplish anything for the kingdom of God. And so, the challenge that we have today is to live within the tension of our independence that allows us to be free and yet, at the same time, live in the posture that keeps us totally dependent upon God. Trying to find our way in the midst of that tension and to navigate that tension well. I think that if we can learn to do that well, I think moving forward is going to be really exciting and, and how we get to where God would have this church to be. And this whole thing about tension, it's nothing new, right? Tension and faith especially. There's nothing new about that because the Bible is full of stories of tension in faith. And it's not just the tension that we struggle with of our independence here in America, not at all. Whenever you read the Bible and you see the tension that was, was, was created uh, because the good news is sometimes and oftentimes goes against the current culture that's already in place. Oftentimes the kingdom of God stands in contrast to the current culture. I'll give you some great examples. When, when, when we talk about what it means to be blessed, right? You, you've been to people's homes. They're, they're on the far end of the wealthy side, they have beautiful homes, they drive beautiful cars, they wear nice clothes, and you compliment them on their beautiful home, you go, wow, look at this home, you're so beautiful, and your beautiful cars, and, and, and humbly, what do, what do they say? Oh, I'm blessed. And we nod in agreement, oh, you're blessed. <laughs> but, but have you read the Beatitudes in Matthew chapter 5? What does Jesus say blessed is? The poor in spirit. Those who mourn. Those who are persecuted because of righteousness. That's blessed. 
And yet, we stand in the tension of the culture that we live in where it, we say, this is blessed, but no, Jesus says, no, this is blessed. And, and that culture just pulls at, at us that way. Another, another really easy example is wisdom, right? And, and, and independence and, and power and all these things that there's nothing in, in, in and of itself that's bad about it. It's good to be wise. It's good to be strong. It's good to stand independently. But hear what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 3.18. Don't deceive yourselves. If any of you think you're wise by the standards of this age, you should become fools so that you may become wise. This is upside-down kingdom that, that, that the Bible teaches us. And we stand in the tension of that. And Jesus' disciples had to learn this firsthand because they were in the middle of this whole tension battle. They, they, they wanted to, to, to stand where Jesus stood. They knew that Jesus, with Jesus came power and authority and they wanted to find their way in how we get to that. And so they often asked Jesus, you know, who, how is your kingdom going to come? How is this going to take place? We want to be there when it all happens. And Jesus, look at what Jesus says in Matthew 18, verses 1 to 5. He says, At the time the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And listen to Jesus' response. And just the tension that, that we have with it, that you might have with it. He said, he called little children to him and he placed the child among them. And he said, truly I tell you, unless you change <laughs> and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. Wow. Isn't that Amazing. The beauty of this passage of scripture right here is this message of childlike faith. To have childlike faith, we understand what Jesus is saying, right? This, this message of having a childlike faith means to be completely dependent on God. As a child would be completely dependent on its parents. To have a childlike faith, we're completely dependent on God. And there's beauty in the purity of a childlike faith. You ever talk to children when they pray and they pray and they believe with no doubt that God hears them and will answer them. And so today, when we talk about faith and we're going to look at our articles of faith that Pastor Bob helped us to begin with last Sunday in Article 10 on entire sanctification. As we talk about our articles of faith, who better to learn from about faith than the children of our church. About a month ago, we uh, celebrated in our church some children that won some awards in Caravan. And I thought, man, this was exciting. Unfortunately, I was away, but I got to watch the video of that as, uh, as Janet Crow brought our children up here. And we celebrated our children as they received these great awards in Caravan. And, and on that day, some of you who were here may remember Janet. I think, Janet, you stood right about here on the second level. And Janet said, Pastor Gordon. She looked right into the camera. Pastor Gordon. I'm going to quote her right here. 
Our children are way ahead of you in telling our story. They all learn the articles of faith. And if you need any help in sharing our story, just ask the children. So I said, okay, children, (laughs) will you help us tell our story and learn about faith? And we have some great children that said yes to this amazing call. See, the articles of faith that we're going to talk about a little bit today is found in the, in the manual of the Church of the Nazarene. And what the articles of faith do is they help us define our theological positions. The articles of faith help to give meaning and definition and understanding so that when we read the passage of Scripture, we can learn how to interpret that and hopefully apply it into our lives. And so um, when I approached Janet and I said, Janet, can you help me with some children that could help us to learn more about the articles of faith? She said, absolutely. And she pointed me to a young man whose name is Cade Miles. And so I got a chance to interview Cade Miles and have him tell us and teach us a little bit about what he's learned about the Articles of Faith. And so uh, we recorded this the other day, and I want to introduce you to Cade Miles. Go ahead and introduce yourself to us. My name is Cade Miles. I'm almost 12, with my birthday being July 16th, and I'm going into 7th grade. Wonderful. And Kate, how long have you been in the caravans program here at Mission Church? I started in kindergarten in Benson, so I've been here, so I've been in six years. I recently became a Brazil recipient. Ah, a Brazil recipient. What is a Brazil recipient? Uh, it's basically the most prestigious honor in caravan. The most prestigious honor in caravan. You got that award. Congratulations. Uh, thanks. So did you study the Articles of Faith while you were in caravans? Yes, but I started in third grade, since that's where the requirement actually is. Great. And how many articles 16. of faith do we have? How much? Sixteen. Sixteen. And did you study all of them? Yes. And would you mind, just by memory that you have, would you, would you list them for us? Uh, sure. The Triune God Trinity, Jesus Christ, uh... The Holy Spirit, the Bible, sin, atonement, free agency, repentance, justification, regeneration, and adoption, entire sanctification, the church, baptism, the Lord's Supper, divine healing, Second coming of Christ and resurrection, judgment, and destiny. That is amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. I only just reviewed this this morning. (laughs) Now, let me ask you this question. Just because you know all 16 articles of faith, does that automatically mean that these articles of faith apply to your life? No, but it can also kind of depend on what it is, like 11, like the guidelines of what happens, and divine healing, where like assurance that God is like, 
He's like this big cloud watching over you. Okay. So if you say that um, they don't necessarily apply to our lives just because we know them, how do how can these articles apply to our lives, and um, and how do they make sense to us? Faith, and also because it's a fundamental, and when they're just basically drilled into your mind from who knows what age. They just apply to your lives in how you act, what you believe. So when you say what you believe, that's what is another faith. faith is a great word for that. So Kate, um, how how do you define faith? Um, probably as a ticket to eternal life, and as but there's another definition of Hebrews eleven one. Confidence in what we hope for and assurance in what we do not see because you can't see God. You can't see Jesus. You just have to believe in doctrine and the Bible. Even if it doesn't make sense, there's always a lesson to it that is important. Thank you, Kate. I heard Cade was here this morning. Where are you at, Cade? Is he, oh, he, he's gone already? Okay. Um, when you see Kate again, would you just thank him? <laughs> and I'm not going to embarrass anyone by asking you to raise your hands, but I doubt that too many people in here can recite all 16 articles of faith here by memory. Um, I was inspired talking to Kate. I really was. He was a blessing, and, um, and, and he shared some things that I want to just recap for you one more time, right? I will tell you this, we don't have time today in this sermon to go through all 16 articles of faith one by one. And, um, but just as this young man, Cade, and these wonderful women behind me did already, <laughs> they all know them because they took the time to study them. Now, in your bulletin, there's a QR code that I, I asked uh, our, our staff to help me put in there. If you just snap the QR code, it'll take you to the 16 Articles of Faith. And if you're going to be a member of this church, or if you are a member of this church, then my recommendation to you is, please review the Articles of Faith to know what we're talking about today. And to understand this one really important thing that Cade said, that I asked Kate, just because you know and you read the articles of faith, does that apply to your life? I've read them. I know them. But how, how do we get from knowing what we read on paper to that becoming a part of our lives? That's where the rubber meets the road. And Cade said, faith. Faith is the key, church. So that when we engage our faith into what we're reading and understanding, then it's more than just talking about what entire sanctification sounds like and what it ought to be, but what it truly is when we stand in it and we breathe it and we live it and it becomes a part of who we are. Because just because you know the articles of faith doesn't mean it'll apply to your lives. Faith is what allows us to move from knowing into experiencing. And as Cade reminds us, faith is having the confidence in what we hope for 
and the assurance of what we do not see. Faith is what helps us to live out and experience all that we believe. Now, how do you get to what we believe? Well, Janet has uh, assembled this group of young ladies here to take us to the next step. So, Janet, would you come and introduce our, our new friends? I would love to. I want to start by saying that a lot of churches have something called catechism, which is how kids and teens learn the principles of, of belief in their churches. In our church, in the Church of the Nazarene, that happens with our kids and teens through programs like Sunday school, Bible quizzing, and caravan, which you just were hearing about. So um, when kids are young, they can begin to learn the scripture. They can be read stories. They can be um, taught principles. They can be encouraged to memorize verses. And the same is true for doctrine. Um, kids can learn doctrine in the same way. So if you learn scripture and doctrine when you're young, it may take years before you're actually able to understand those concepts to kind of unpack what you're learning. But you know what? Starting with that process as a, at a young age of hearing about thinking about and memorizing both your, our scripture and our doctrine becomes the cornerstones that we need to really grow our faith walk with Jesus. So at Mission Caravan, um, when our, ki- our kids are in kindergarten, they start learning something called the I Believes, which is kind of a question and answer back and forth. And then they later add what Cade was talking about, which are the Church of the Nazarene's 16 Articles of Faith in the 3rd, 4th, 5th, and 6th grade years. So I have with me today some 3rd to 5th graders that were in my group this last year, and they are going to share with you about Article of Faith number 4. So I'm going to introduce them to you. We have Anna Dempsey, Gabby Aparicio, Lizzie Dempsey, and May Peterson. So, Anna, what is Article of Faith number four about? The Bible. Oh, so, Gabby, how did the Bible come to be written? Is it just one book? God inspired the 66 books of the Bible. Whoa, that's a lot of books. Hmm, inspired. What does inspired mean, Lizzie? God guided the minds and hearts of the men and women who wrote the Old Testament and the New Testament. Huh. So, what kind of stuff is in the Bible, May? A whole bunch of stuff. First of all, it tells us what God is like. He also tells us that he has a plan of salvation through Jesus. Wow. So, is there kind of a main message that the Bible is trying to get across? Yes, it's that God loves us. And because he loves us, he has made a way for us to be saved from center her son. So it kind of sounds like God sent a letter to all of us. What, what kind of a letter did he send us? A love letter? <laughs> you know what, May? I think you're right. So when my husband and I were dating, we lived a long way apart from each other. And we wrote letters for four years. But you know what? They weren't all gushy. Sometimes there were things that were hard that we needed to write about. And sometimes there were things that we had said that we needed to apologize. And sometimes there were things we didn't understand that we were just trying to work through. 
do you think that the letter that God sent to us, this love letter, has all of those things and some gushy stuff, too? Yes. 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 Yes, I think so. So how about if we sing the scripture song that we learned about this article? Hmm. All scripture is inspired and is useful for doctrine, doctrine, reproof, correction, and instruction in righteousness, so that the man of God may be, so that the woman of God may be, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Second Timothy 3, 16 and 17. Thank you, ladies. Wow. Thank you so much, uh, ladies, for sharing um, the fourth article of faith with us, which reminds me of Romans 10:17 that says, Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ. And I pray that through these articles of faith that we're talking about, we're looking at this beautiful word, faith, and, and, and just to, to put all of this together today, my prayer today in this message is that you know that living by faith gives us the freedom not to be in control. Faith in God frees us to trust in the one who sits on the throne. And this is a wonderful way to live, I want you to know. Because it takes all of the pressure off of us and it places it upon the one who can handle it. You see, God, you know this, doesn't struggle with the things that we struggle with here on earth, right? He's never stressed out. He's never anxious. He's never worried about anything. We fail. God doesn't. We make mistakes. God doesn't. We fall short and he never We, we, church, we were never created to be people to believe solely in ourselves. We were created to believe in someone greater. And today, as we close the service, we're going to take communion. So I got my communion elements right here. And I asked our, our young ladies here that helped us to share the message, if you could help us to pass out these elements. If you walked in today and you didn't get a chance to receive the elements of communion, would you just raise your hand and uh, our girls here are going to pass that out to you. Thank you, ladies. Keep your hands raised high so that they can see you. And uh, I want to tell you this today, that communion is one of the best ways to remind yourself that we are free not to be in control. See, communion is a very tangible means of God's grace and it embodies this beautiful message of salvation that, that Cade and our girls talked about. 
this salvation that you and I enjoy so much. Communion is this beautiful representation of God's plan for salvation to the world. And here's the beauty of it all. You don't have to worry about that. Isn't it good to know? You don't have to worry about how to bring salvation into this world. God's already taken care of that. In fact, I would dare say that, that we can't even save ourselves, right? We need God's help for that. So how can we even bring salvation to anybody else? God is the one that can do that. And, and that's the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that we don't have to, that God has taken care of it. And so as we take communion today, let us put our faith in our dependence upon God. My sermon title today was Faith in Dependence. And that's what we need to do is learn how to live in the tension of how we put our faith in our dependence upon God. In Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, Paul writes these beautiful words, I have been crucified with Christ and therefore I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. Communion is a meal for those who have put their faith in Jesus. The truth is, anybody can take communion. If you don't believe in Jesus, you can open this up and you can eat it, but it will have zero impact in your life. And when we put our faith, even in this very act of communion, in one of our articles of faith, where we believe what this represents, the broken body and the shed blood of Jesus, when we lean into what this means and our faith is lived out in the partaking of this, it radically changes us. We believe that Christ is in us. That is why I love what the Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians 1.18. For the message of the cross is foolishness for those who are perishing, but for us who believe, this is the power of God. And so by faith, let us receive the elements of communion today by believing the full work of what Jesus has done on the cross. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread and he broke it and he gave thanks and he said, this is my body which has been broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And Jesus passed out these cups and the disciples tore the cellophane wrap over the top and they got the bread and he broke it and he said this is my body broken for you do this in remembrance of me let's eat together and on that same night he took the cup and he poured it out and he said this is the blood of the new covenant shed for the forgiveness of sins see This is where our faith comes into play. Church, do you know? Do you know that you know that you know that your sins are forgiven because of what Jesus has done? And today we remember that and we celebrate that with this meal. And so with that, let us remember and rejoice by faith and drink together. And with the residue that's left in the cup, can I invite you to stick your finger 
in the cup. And let the sugar, when it dries, stick to your finger. And let that remind you later on in the day of what Jesus did for you. Amen? Would you stand with me today? As we close our service, my prayer is that today you will make a decision in your heart and your life to deepen your dependence upon God. To allow faith to take root in your heart and in your life so that you're not doing all this by yourself. You can't. It leads to nowhere. But instead, we lean in on our beautiful relationship that we have with God. When you feel the stickiness in your finger, let that be a reminder of you that your faith is still at work. Amen? The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn His face toward you and give you, pe- give you peace. Go with God today in great dependence. You are dismissed. Have a great day.